Welcome to Astrosplained, where we use Indian astrology to examine the lives of the famous and the infamous. I'm Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer. I'm here with my dear friend Travis, and we have something very special in store for you. So let's get ready to rumble. Ladies and gentlemen, Macaw Media and Anchor, the free podcasting mobile application, welcome you to our main event. It's the Olympics of astrology, the Super Bowl of soothsaying, the Kentucky Derby of classical divination. It's Astrosplain's inaugural Senate Smackdown! So here's how it's going to work, right? We're looking at nine toss-up Senate races. We're going to look at the birth charts for the Democrat and the Republican in each race. And we're going to see, for each race, who is going to win, the Republican or the Democrat. Keep in mind, the Democrats have 47 seats in the Senate. The Republicans have 53. The Democrats need to pick up at least three seats to get back the majority. Can they do it? Stay tuned to find out. Oh, in this episode, we will be discussing Iowa, Montana, and Colorado. First up, Iowa. This incumbent grew up castrating hogs. Now, she plans to neuter the Dems' chances of retaking the Senate. From Montgomery County, Iowa, it's Joni Ernst! And our challenger. This city planner plans to put a hurtin' on her Republican opposition. From Bryceland, Minnesota, it's Teresa Greenfield. So Joni Ernst is the Republican and she's the incumbent. So basically, Senator Ernst was born July 1st, 1970 in Red Oak, Iowa. She served in the National Guard from 1993 to 2015. Um, she was a high school valedictorian. Um, she had an interesting college experience. She did uh, an exchange with the, what was then the Soviet Union. Um, and I guess during this time she was in, you know, after college when she was in the National Guard from 93 to 2015, uh, there was a year there that she served in Kuwait. That was uh, 2003 to 2004. And then shortly after that, she was, in 2004, elected to a, as a county auditor in Iowa, and she was reelected in 2008. And um, I guess through, all, through most of this time, she was married. She got married in 1992 and was divorced recently in 2019. And I found this part of her biography very interesting, that I, I guess both she and her husband claim that the other person cheated, um, and that she claims that he, that her, her husband mentally and physically abused her. And P.S. They have one child. That's Tony Ernst. All right. Teresa Greenfield is a Democrat in this race. And she was born October 20th, 1963. And I believe it's, it's pronounced Bryceland. It's the town of Bryceland in Minnesota. She had a son when she was 23 years old. 
Uh, and unfortunately, her husband, Rodney, died when she was 24 and pregnant with her. And she, at that time, she was pregnant with her second child. Rodney was an electrician and he died June 3rd, 1988. Shortly after that, in 1990, uh, she, was, she was in a lawsuit. She sued to try to get workers comp to support her education and getting a master's degree in urban planning. Um, the case went all the way up to the Minnesota Supreme Court. Uh, so initially they ruled, the lower court ruled in her favor, but the Minnesota Supreme Court overruled um, and said that she just had to kind of use her, her current educational background to get a job to make, make the best out of the situation. And that's exactly what she did. Um, without a master's degree in urban planning, she got a job as an urban planner in 1992. And she worked as an urban planner for 13 years. And then um, she ran in the 2018 elections for Congress. But she dropped out when a campaign aide, um, it was revealed that a campaign aide had forged some signatures on the ballot. And... That's it. That's Teresa Greenfield. So let's talk about Joni Ernst. I just, I landed on a birth time of 1.45 in the morning. And that gives us a couple of things. It gives us a an ascendant of Aries. Uh, Saturn is in her first house. Saturn is debilitated in Aries. But when you have a debilitated planet in the first house, the fourth house, a few other houses, and a couple of other conditions obtain, um, it actually creates a very positive yoga. Um, she's got that going for her, that's well. What I really like about this birth time is it puts her ascendant in the nakshatra of Ashwini. And there's lots to say about Ashwini people, but one thing um, that, is tr- that is often true for them is there's a, con- there's a, a connection between them and animals. And, you know, for me, the very first thing that comes to mind is that awful political ad that she had the last time she ran for Senate, where she talked about growing up castrating hogs and how she knew, based on the fact that she could castrate a hog, how to cut the pork in Washington. (laughs) And And there was, in that commercial, and I kid you not, the a sound effect of a squealing pig. So that's Joni Ernst. Oh, America. So let's see. At the time of the election, she'll be in, so she's in her Saturn Dasha right now, and she'll be in the, the Mercury Bukti of her Saturn Dasha uh, at the time of the election. She's got a nice yoga going on right now because of that Saturn. In the career Amsha, Saturn is poorly placed. Or I, well, he's he's well placed, but he forms a very bad yoga in the career amsha. That is not good. Mercury is what is called a chidra graha for Joni Ernst, and so the fact that she's in her Mercury book tea is not great. Chidra grahas are bad news. So there are some obstacles here, but perhaps not insurmountable. Let's now take a look at Teresa Greenfield. I should say, Teresa Greenfield has a fascinating chart. Her chart reminds me of Annie Lennox's birth chart. 
Um, <laughs> no, it's true. Because in Annie Lennox's chart, just about all of the planets have some sort of exaggerated condition. Like every planet is either exalted or in its own sign, right? And in Teresa Greenfield's chart, we see something very similar. Mercury is in his own sign, Venus is in her own sign, Mars and Jupiter and Saturn are in their own signs, and then the moon and sun are debilitated, right? So there aren't any meh planets, right? They're all sort of extremes. For her, I settled on a birth time of 6.58 in the morning. So what do we think about her chances of getting this Senate seat? She is in her Venus Dasha Mercury book T right now. Um, and that will be the case at the time of the election. She's got a very strong yoga because of this Venus. Venus is in the first house in her own sign. So that's very strong. That's supported by another yoga that Saturn forms. She's got an exalted Venus, and Venus is her Dasha Lord, exalted Venus in the fourth house, in her career Amsha, that is excellent and much better than anything um, Joni Ernst has going in her chart. And so it looks to me almost certain that Teresa Greenfield will pick this up. This is a pickup for the Democrats. Well, that's fascinating because um, I think this is the prognosticators see this as a very close race. And Joni Ernst was really a rising star in the GOP. And I think was talked about um, as either a cabinet official or even a vice presidential uh, nominee for Trump back in 2016. Like she was somebody that was being looked at very seriously. So to have her fall from grace so suddenly um, or have her fortunes, you know, go the wrong way is very interesting. Do we see any of that in her chart of like a, you know, having success and prestige and then all of it kind of ending, ending suddenly? I mean, here's the thing. I mean, she has a nice chart. Like it is not surprising to me that she had a lot of the experiences that she had, including becoming uh, a senator. Um, despite having this debilitated Saturn, uh, it is in a place, it is in a condition that creates a very positive yoga. Um, I can, you know, I, there's good stuff in this chart, right? Um, I feel about Joni Ernst's chart a little bit, a little bit of the way I felt about Bernie Sanders' chart, right? Because Bernie Sanders has a very good birth chart. And so unsurprisingly, he's had a successful political career. He's a senator, he's, you know, whatever. He's Bernie Sanders, we love him. Had someone with an even more um, auspicious chart, like Joe Biden not been in the 2020 Democratic race, Bernie Sanders would have gotten the nomination because his was the strongest chart of all the Dems, except for Joe Biden's. And so with Ernst, right, like this is a fine chart. You know, no chart's perfect. Hers is not perfect. But there's some. There's a lot of good stuff here. But it just can't hold a candle to Teresa Greenfield's chart, which in a lot of ways really is spectacular. Interesting. So do you, so you, what you're saying is that even 
if Joni Ernst loses, we may not, she may stick around as like a public figure in some capacity. Yeah, my herpes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Should we move on to Montana? Let's do it. The Battle of the Steves. It's Steve versus Steve, ladies and gentlemen. Our incumbent. His father is Claire Danes, but all this Republican wants in his so-called life is to win re-election. From Bozeman, Montana, by way of Los Angeles, it's Steve Danes. And our challenger. This governor is Montana's chief executive of kicking butt. From Missoula, Montana, it's Democrat Steve Bullock. Okay, that, exactly. So in this race, we have the Republican incumbent Steve Daines um, going against Democrat Steve Bullock, who is actually the, the governor of Montana right now. Okay, so Steve Daines. Steve Daines was born on... August 20th, 1962 at 7.30 p.m. So he he was born in Los Angeles, um, but as a child moved to Montana with his family, graduated from Montana State University with a degree in chemical engineering. He was one of the youngest delegates, uh, delegates at the 1984 RNC convention. He was a huge fan of Ronald Reagan and was president of the College Republicans at his university. Gag me. <laughs> Before his career in politics, he worked for Procter and Gamble and then went on to work at Right Now Technologies, which is a software company founded by Greg Gianforte. Oh, no way. Okay, tell the people at home who Greg Gianforte is, because this is important. Greg Gianforte is the current um, representative from Montana, and actually he's running for governor um, in Montana in 2020 as well. He gained notoriety back in 2017 for punching a reporter from The Guardian. And, you know, in normal times, that would be the end of his political career, but the residents of Montana elected him to be their representative in Congress. So there you have it. Well, what's interesting is that he seems to be, um, you know, a close friend of Steve Daines because back in 2018, Steve Daines had to miss the Supreme Court vote on Brett Kavanaugh for his, his confirmation his, in his vote onto the court. He had to miss that vote for his daughter's wedding. And at that time, um, you know, before they knew, before Republicans knew if they had enough votes to confirm Kavanaugh, Greg Gianforte actually offered his private plane to Steve Daines to get to D.C. if they they needed him to vote for for Brett Kavanaugh. Just an interesting side note. I will like every every single thing that you said about him makes me very angry. Like I, I find him very disagreeable. 
very unlikable. The only redeeming thing about Steve Daines, in my humble opinion, is the fact that his father's name is Claire. <laughs> From Planet Claire. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me like him even more. But just the fact that there are two Claire Danes in the world makes me very happy. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy, isn't it? It is. It's so-called life. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Steve Bullock, the other Steve. Steve Bullock. Birthday is April 11th, 1966 in Missoula, Montana. He has a very impressive career. Uh, and it's one, a, a long career, even though he's not really that old, a long career in, in public service and government. So after he graduated law school, he worked for the Montana Secretary of State um, and then in the Attorney General's office for Montana. And then he ran to be uh, Montana uh, Attorney General in 2000, but he lost in the primary. Um, but he then ran again in 2008 and became the Attorney General of Montana. And he, like, not only is he, did he, you know, gain this office at a pretty relatively young age, but he really took on some bold initiatives. He challenged the Citizens United ruling um, about uh, businesses and, and their ability to contribute to uh, political campaigns. And he won, um, uh, Steve Bullock won in the Mont Montana Supreme Court overturning Citizens United, but then the US Supreme Court stepped in and reversed the decision. He is noted as a very popular governor. He's actually the most popular Democratic governor in the country, um, which is pretty striking considering the fact that he served alongside uh, a very Republican legislature. He ran for president in 2020. Uh, some people think that he failed in his run because he entered the race too late and he couldn't raise enough money. Uh, by the time he entered the race, there were already like tons of candidates in, and it was hard for him to make a name for himself. Um, but then he entered, you know, after much convincing by Chuck Schumer, um, he decided to enter the Senate race, um, but also he did this very late. Um, and he's, he's characterized as a moderate Democrat. He's progressive on socialist issues like LGBTQ rights, but he's more conservative on economic issues and healthcare and the environment. And that's Steve Bullock. Okay, so let's talk about Steve Daines' birth chart. I said that there was only one redeeming thing about Steve Daines, I stand corrected, there are two. Thing one is his father's name, Claire Daines. And the thing two is that I didn't have to rectify this chart, he's got a, birth time on his birth certificate, born 7.30 p.m. And that's really all any astrologer wants. Steve is in his Jupiter-Saturn uh, book tea right now. Um, Jupiter and Saturn were both retrograde when he was born. But if we look at his career chart, Steve Daines has an exalted Jupiter. So his Dasha Lord is exalted. Um, in a good house, forming a very good yoga. That is very positive. Good Jupiter in the Navamsha chart. That's nice. Yeah, and all the all, all the Amsha charts that we 
uh, would want to look at, he's got a good or very good Jupiter. That's great. Um, his Saturn's fine too. And then the relationship between the nakshatra that Jupiter's in and the, and the nakshatra that Saturn's in is also very positive. So there, while there are a couple of little things um, in the chart that I could talk about, if we're talking about him getting appointed to something, yes, that could very, I, I could see that happening. That could give us pause. On the whole, I would say that the Jupiter-Saturn period for Steve Daines is a very good one. So having said that, let's talk about Steve Bullock. I landed on a Leo ascendant with the ascendant point in the nakshatra of Makkah um, because it seemed to really work for him. And one thing about Makkah people, um, and you'll get a kick out of this, Travis, considering that my moon is in Makkah, is Makkah people tend to either be very prompt or chronically tardy. <laughs> I wonder which one you are. Shut up. So anyhow, <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that he was always dragging his feet to get into these races, I think is interesting. Also, Makkah people are very often found in politics or, or running for office or being a, or holding political office. This is an, another sort of big Macaw thing. Um, and I'll say more about Macaw later because there are a few other people that we're gonna be discussing who have very strong Macaw placements. But anyhow, we're gonna go with a birth time of 2.01 p.m. for Steve Bullock, um, which mean he is in his Jupiter Dasha, in the, at the beginning of his Jupiter Dasha. Um, he's got a fine Jupiter, not great, but fine in the birth chart. It's, it's free from malefic influences. Um, that's always nice. But Jupiter is a chidragraha for him. It's a planet that tends to cause some problems. Uh, and then if we look in the Amsha charts, his Jupiter is fine. It's just fine. Uh, so, and this this is sort of like what we were talking about with Joni Ernst and and Bernie Sanders, right? Like I I, I with a chart like this, I can certainly see how he could have some of the successes that he's had. Um, but compared to a Steve Danes and the Dasha that Steve Danes is in right now. I just don't see Steve Bullock pulling it out. I'm sorry to say, I gotta give this one to the Republicans. I'm not surprised, um, but I am wondering if, based on what you said regarding uh, Steve Bullock, whether you can see him in a possible uh, Biden administration. And could, I mean, could you see like in what particular area? You know, usually I charge for that kind of information. He does have a very powerful Mars. It's not in his Mars Dasha. His Mars Dasha ended a while ago. But his Mars does make a very nice yoga. And yogas, even though there is, I mean, yogas are especially strong when um, you're in the Dasha of the yoga planet. But they're always kind of humming along in the background, even when you're not in that particular Dasha. 
And with Mars being the planet of land, maybe the interior, something okay, like that. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds right. All right, very interesting. But yeah, so this one's going to the Republicans, I fear. All right, Colorado. Let's do it. The incumbent. Don't let his last name fool you. Ask this Republican if he's got a green thumb and he might give you a black eye. From Yuma, Colorado, it's Cory Gardner. And our challenger. This Democrat and former brewmaster thinks we can all settle our differences over a pint of whoop-ass. From Narberth, Pennsylvania, it's John Hickenlooper. All right, so let's start with Cory Gardner. And, you know, Charles, what really irritates me um, a lot about Cory Gardner is the spelling of his first name. I mean, before seeing his name and Cory Booker's name, I didn't know that people spelled Cory without an E. That is fascinating because I had the exact opposite reaction. I thought, finally, a Cory who spells his name correctly. <laughs> All right. Cory Gardner was born August 22nd, 1974 in Yuma, Colorado. He is really a fascinating person because... Uh, you know, getting personal here for a moment, I abhor his politics, but I must say that he's a charismatic guy and he's um, on a personal level, uh, pretty likable. He just has a, an energetic, optimistic disposition. Um, he's good with words and he's witty. He can make a remark off the cuff very well. Um, he's just a good speaker and he's very disciplined too. Um, which I think has contributed a lot to his success. So starting off with from his youth, he um, in college, he switched from being a Democrat to a Republican um, and then went to law school after college and went to work for Senator Wayne Allard from Colorado. And before his uh, Senate career, he served in the Colorado House and the U.S. House of Representatives and lastly, he is married with three children. And that's Corey Gardner. All right. All right. John Hickenlooper. Um, John Hickenlooper, who is so fascinating. <laughs> Truly. He was, born, he was born February 7th, 1952 in Narberth. <laughs> <laughs> Say that name again, Travis. <laughs> That this town, what is going on with Pennsylvania? They have the wackiest town names. Narberth, Narberth, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh my Travis, God. Travis, I find your tone really offensive. You know, my grandmother is from Narberth, Pennsylvania. <laughs> she's a, she's a Narberthian? Uh, nar, Narberthite. Narberthite, Okay. All right. So John Hickenlooper started off his career as a geologist and then became a beer entrepreneur. Um, so in his in his mid 30s, he was let go from his geologist job. Um, he was actually unemployed for two oh. years and was sort of adrift on what he was going to do next with his life. 
and eventually fell into starting a successful brewery. Um, and then from there, he became the for- he was he became the mayor of Denver, and then he was the governor of Colorado. And like his fellow Westerner Steve Bullock, he's a, he's a moderate. Um, he campaigned as a moderate in his 2020 presidential campaign. Um, and he really made a point of, of being an anti-socialist. He was against very much, he is very much against socialism. He is also just kind of like an unusual guy. He, he, like hearing him speak, he just kind of speaks in an odd way. He kind of speaks in an emotional way, but it's not like, it just kind of has an odd tone to it. Um, however, he is very confident in his convictions, um, even if those convictions go against what's popular, um, a case in point with the Democratic primary where it wasn't particularly popular to be anti-socialist. And this is, I've saved the best for last. This is crazy. He has a rare condition called prosopagnosia, um, which is commonly called face blindness, which is the inability to recognize familiar faces. I'll let that sink in a minute. <laughs> well, I'm not really sure how I can top that. So why don't we talk about Cory Gardner's birth chart? Uh, Cory Gardner, we're going to say that he was born at 6.20 in the morning. Um, and this is because, um, as I was reading the notes that Travis sent me and then doing my own research, it seemed very, very likely that Cory Gardner was another one of these MAGA people, as Steve Bullock is. But whereas Steve Bullock embodies a few MAGA characteristics, I would argue that we can see every single typical MAGA trait in Cory Gardner. Uh, And I think that's because not only is his ascendant there, but so is his son and Mercury. So let's talk a little bit about what Maga people are all about, right? So each nakshatra has a deity that sort of rules over it. And the symbolism and the stories associated with each deity kind of gives you a sense of what the nakshatra is about. The deity for them for Maka is the ancestors, right, collectively. And so think about what you associate with the word ancestors, right? A st- the study of history, the study of sort of old ways of doing things. Um, and then like a sort of sense of the importance of your own pedigree, your own family's background, right? And we see a lot of this in Cory Gardner's biography. In an interview, he was asked to name something unusual about himself that a lot of people didn't know about. And he immediately answered um, about the fact that he's a fifth generation Coloradan um, and that his family roots go back to the 1880s in Colorado. Uh, He went on to say that he spends several months each year working with his father and his grandfather uh, in their family business. Uh, His his hobby is restoring antique furniture. His favorite book is a book about the American Revolution. So you get the picture, right? Like the ancestors, history, his pedigree, old ways of doing things. Of the nakshatras, Maka is a nakshatra very closely associated with politics. Um, Cory Gardner majored in political science when he was in college, and then of course he went on to serve in Congress, serve in the Senate. Here we are. 
um, Macaw people. You'll often find Macaw people in uh, in social organizations. Cory Gardner was in some sort of farm fraternity. I can only imagine what the hazing ritual was like for that, but whatever. You get the picture. There's a lot of macaw going on here, and it's for that reason that I feel as good as I do about giving him a 6.20 a.m. birth time. So then the question becomes, do I think that with this birth chart, he can win this race? So right now, Cory Gardner is in his Saturn Rahu period. Saturn is in Gemini. Gemini is owned by Mercury, and Mercury um, forms several nice yogas um, right in Gardner's ascendant. So we've got a really nice ascendant in this chart. If we look at the, the Amsha charts, Saturn is in Capricorn, his own house. That is very good for the career. Um, he's sitting with the moon, aspected by Jupiter. This is good as far as the career goes. I would say this though, I am a little concerned for Cory Gardner's health. Saturn owns his sixth house, house of enemies, which you've heard me say a thousand times, house of lawsuits, you've heard me say that a thousand times, but the sixth house is also the house of an illness that is not chronic. Saturn owns that house, he's in his Saturn Dasha, uh, and then Saturn, forms a very bad yoga in an Amsha chart that we use to assess a person's ability to get over sickness. And then there's another Amsha that looks at accidents and other kind of short-term illnesses. Saturn forms a very bad yoga there. So Corey, without the E, COVID is real, wash your hands, wear a mask, and that goes for the rest of you too. So let's talk about John Hickenlooper. Uh, Travis already gave us um, a good background into Mr. Hickenlooper. If you want additional reading, I highly recommend the write-up on John Hickenlooper on the website dyslexia.yale.edu. Um, for whatever reason, Yale does these fascinating in-depth write-ups um, of people who have dyslexia, and there is just so much about the unusual life of John Hickenlooper. I encourage all of you to read it. But what comes through loud and clear when you're looking at information about Hickenlooper are two nakshatras, Ardra and Shatabisha, um, and pinpointing their influence on Hickenlooper uh, went a long way in helping me find uh, what his birth time is. So Hickenlooper was born on February the 7th, 1952. Um, and we're going to say he was born at 1.54 in the afternoon. This puts his ascendant and his moon in the nakshatra of Ardra. And Ardra is owned by Rahu, and when you know it, we've got Rahu in Shatabisha, which Rahu also owns. So we should say a little bit about these two nakshatras. First, Ardra. Ardra people, when they're kids, are serious. Ardra acts out. So the deity Ardra represents didn't, the kind, get, didn't get the kind of love that, you know, one needs when one is young, and that causes a whole bunch of problems. And we see that in Hickenlooper's life. Like, he talks 
uh, very elegantly about what life was like for him when he was young after his father died and he was bullied in school because he was weird and he couldn't read very well because of, he was, because of his dyslexia. And then we've got Shadabi Shah, which A, is associated with strange things that happen in the body. I would characterize face blindness as a strange thing that happens in the body. And B, Shatabi Shah is closely linked with alcohol. And so the fact that we've got this guy with face blindness who kind of makes it big as a beer entrepreneur uh, strikes me as a classic example of a Shatabi Shah person. But the question is, do I think he can beat Cory Gardner? So we're at 1.54 in the afternoon. And that puts us in Venus Rahu. Venus, for Hickenlooper, is in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is owned by Jupiter. And this is important. The fact that we are in the Venus Dasha and Venus is in a Jupiter-owned sign means that Jupiter is activated right now. And Jupiter forms uh, two very good yogas. He forms a Gajakesari yoga, which is very auspicious. And he forms a Hamsa yoga. And you've heard me mention Hamsa yogas a few times before. Joe Biden has a very strong one. Uh, so does Adam Schiff. And Hickenlooper's is strong because it's, it forms from the ascendant and it also forms from the moon. So very strong Hamsa yoga. And then we're in the Rahu portion of the Venus Dasha. Rahu is in Aquarius. Rahu, just in general, tends to act like Saturn, and Aquarius is owned by Saturn. And so essentially what we have here is Saturn in his own sign, sort of a Saturn substitute in Saturn's sign in the ninth house. So this is essentially what we can call a Shashi Yoga. The Shashi Yoga is like a Hamsa Yoga. It's just made with Saturn instead of Jupiter. Obama has a Shashi Yoga that's very strong. Uh, so does Kamala Harris. And we have essentially a Shashi Yoga here. So we've got these um, yogas all active right now uh, because we're in the Venus Rahu portion of Hickenlooper's life. Oh, and then if we look at the Amsha charts in the career Amsha, Venus makes a very nice yoga. Rahu is in a good house. If we look at the Navamsha chart, which is just another Amsha, Venus is in her own house, in a good house, in a good position. This is all very auspicious. And so even though we had in Cory Gardner's chart um, a Dharmakarma Adipati yoga, a couple of Dharmakarma Adipati yogas actually, the fact that we've got Gajakesari, Hamza, and Shasha yogas with Hickenlooper, all of which are active right now, suggests to me that Hickenlooper is going to win this. I'm giving it to the Dems. Hooray. So let's see. So where are we? Iowa, going for the Dems. Montana, going Republican. For Claire Danes' son. <laughs> Yes, of <laughs> I will never stop laughing about that. Uh, and uh, Colorado going for the Dems. So t looks like two pickups for the Dems. That's very good, but doesn't get us to 50 seats. So 
tune in for our next couple of episodes and see if the Democrats can pull this one out. <laughs> if they can, they can crawl across, across the finish line. <laughs> I mean, if they're sprinting, if they're crawling, I just need them to get a majority. I, the, the world needs them to get a majority. So let's see if they can do it. Travis, as always, you have been a fantastic co-host. Thank you very much. See you next time. All right. See you later. Bye. And there you have it. Part one of Asterisk Blaine's inaugural Senate Smackdown. Parts two and three are coming up soon, so be on the lookout. A very special thank you to my dear friend Travis, without whose time and research this show would not have been possible. Feel free to write to me at asterisblamed at gmail.com with any questions that you might have regarding the show or to request a reading. You can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram. At both places, we are at asterisblamed. We like to keep it simple. Visit our website, asterisblamed.com. Updates coming soon, I promise. And last but not least, pretty pleased with Sugar on Top. If you are listening to this show on a podcast platform that allows for ratings and comments, please rate us highly and leave a positive comment extolling just how wonderful this show is, because I know that you love it. Um, That'll help other people find it more easily. And... uh, Check back soon. We're going to have more on the toss-up Senate races coming very soon. Until then, I am Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Astrosplained. Mm-hmm.